108. 108. Psalms 108. <clears throat> I'm going to read the entire psalm, just 13 verses. It says, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth under the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth, that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with thy right hand, and answer me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem, and meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is a strength in mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Over Philistia will I triumph. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, who hast cast us off? Wilt not thou, O God, go forth with our hosts? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Tonight I want to just talk about having a fixed heart. A fixed heart. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for you, the opportunity we have to assemble together and sing praises unto thy name and to glorify you and maybe glorify you in our worship tonight. I pray that you would help us as we look into the word of God that we'd search our hearts before you. We'd be encouraged and challenged and um, help us to fix our heart upon thee. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Spurgeon called this psalm, this prayer, he calls it a prayer, the warrior's morning song, with which he adores his God and strengthens his heart before entering upon the conflicts of the day. Uh, but verse 1 talks about having a fixed heart. Oh God, my heart is fixed. Now we know, of course, our hearts do need fixing. It's not really the meaning here, but our hearts do need fixing. Uh, the Bible declares it. You know, Gen Jer Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, man left himself as comes to a situation like Genesis 6, 5, where it says, every imagination of his heart was only evil continually. You know, I, I kind of, I agree with what uh, uh, Gary Forney says. There's no such thing as degenerative civilizations. It's, or, or I'm sorry, there's no such thing as primitive civilizations. It's degenerative. In other words, they've just, Degenerated from God, from the truth. That's why they're primitive. Doesn't have anything to do with, you know, them being backwards and all that. No, if they have, if they gain knowledge of God, they will uh, uh, increase in knowledge and they will become civilized. Um, no man left himself is wicked and depraved. The Bible declares it. Of course, man proves it. 
know, his actions, his words. So all you have to do is read the newspaper, watch the news. You see it everywhere. Um, murders, thefts, you know, bombings, arson. Man's a living, living epistle, you might say, of the truth, the word of God, that uh, the heart of man is, is wicked and deceitful. It needs fixing. And, of course, only God can fix it. Only God can fix it. Uh, Psalm 60, Psalm 60 and verse 11, <clears throat> Psalm 60 and verse 11 says, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. And of course, uh, 108 there, verses 12 and 13 say the same thing. You know, in Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, the Bible says this, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departeth from the Lord, for he shall be like the heath in the desert, shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land, and not inhabited. Sounds like a, a primitive, degenerative society. But verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Uh, so it's the only God that can fix our heart. And of course, nothing is impossible with the Lord. You know, sometimes. Did you ever, did you ever look at somebody, or maybe you know somebody, and you say they're beyond help? Nobody's beyond help if they're willing to be helped. That's the, that's the key, if they're willing to be helped. God, nothing is impossible with the Lord. But only God can fix it. But I wanted to notice tonight, particularly, the characteristics of a fixed heart. Well, the word fixed here means to really, you know, it doesn't have the idea I was just talking about. Really, what it means is to be firm or intrepid. And the word intrepid means resolutely fearless, dauntless. And it's used, referred to the mind. So it's a picture of one who's, who's set who's determined, who will not be deterred from what they are settled on. It's, they're fixed. You know, we might say that about Daniel. Daniel purposed his heart. He would not defile himself with the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. He was already fixed. He wasn't going to be changed. He wasn't going to be moved. And that's the idea here. And, and in order to notice some things about a fixed heart, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's one that is confident, who puts, one who puts their trust in the Lord, <clears throat> he's confident. Uh, Proverbs 14.26. Proverbs 14.26. says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Proverbs 18.10 also says, uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Again, it's a picture of confidence, of assurance, of rest. One who's trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Uh, and so he, he is confident. But as, as you think about one who is fixed, if you think about the passage tonight, one with a fixed heart will has a fixed spirit of Praise. You notice verses 1 through 5, it says, O God, my heart is fixed, I will sing. And give praise, even with my glory. Awake, psaltery, and harp, or so some musical instruments, 
I myself will wake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above all the he- above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. So he's fixed. He has a fixed spirit of praise, a fixed spirit of praise. You know, Psalm sixteen eight. <coughs> excuse me, eight and nine. Psalm sixteen eight and nine. There the psalmist says, "I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved." Now, again, a, a picture of settledness or or a fixation. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. So one here that's fixed has a spirit of praise, a fixed spirit of praise. They will continually praise the Lord. Uh, Psalm 28, Psalm 28, uh, verse 7. Again, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. I'm not sure that's the right verse. Uh, I'm, I'm in the wrong chapter. Psalm 28, verse 7. We'll try that. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Uh, chapter 32, verse 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall come him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, all ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. That means it's fitting or proper. Praise to the Lord, praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. And then Psalm 100 says, uh, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye is Lord, he is God. Is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. So we, the, uh, 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 one with a fixed heart has a spirit of praise. And, they will, and we will praise him early. You know, Psalm 63, we ought, to, we ought to get out of bed singing the praises of God. I can't say that I always do that, but uh, we should be thankful for the Lord for another day. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Uh, so early. And, and, and of course, we ought to do it continually. And again, he says here in Psalm 108, we ought to do it among the heathen. We ought to give glory to God and praise to God among the nations. Uh, Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2, talks about... Uh, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, they were, we were like them that dream. Then was a mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we were glad. How did they know? Because they were praising the Lord. And so we have, we have, if we have a fixed heart, we should have a spirit of praise. Uh, we should also be fixed in believing in the victory God has provided for us. 
Notice verses 6 through 12. 6 through 12 of Psalm 108, it says, That thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand and answer me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem, meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Over Felicia will I triumph. Who will bring me into the strong city? He will lead me into Edom. Wilt not thou, O God, who hast cast us off, wilt not thou, O God, go forth with our hosts? You see, we need to be fixed in believing in the victory that God has given and will give. We see both here. Uh, <clears throat> now of course, you know, we believe it's King David that wrote these. Uh, and verses 7 and 8 talk about cities of the northern Israel. And you remember after the death of Saul, Abner, uh, knowing they had Ish, Ish uh, what was his name? Ishbosheth, I guess his name was. Saul's one son became a puppet king. And so, you know, it was a little time before he actually was, was able to reign over those cities of Gilead, Manasseh, and Ephraim, and so on. But eventually, you know, you know that was brought into the kingdom as well. And, and uh, you know, God, and of course, you know, he started out with Judah. Judah is his lawgiver. You know, promises of God started home. That's where he started. And then it spread out. All that God promised him. Uh, and that was was given to David, and, and you know we need we need to we need to be fixed in believing the promises that God has given us. You know, First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, "But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." Second Corinthians two fourteen. Second Corinthians two fourteen. I thought I had a verse printed out here, but I don't see it. Second uh, Corinthians two fourteen says. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Uh, of course, Romans 8 tells us we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So we need, to be, we need to be fixed in believing the promise that God has given to us. God has given to us. Uh, and will give. You know, God gave a promise to Daniel, and that's what Daniel purposed in his heart, to keep the promises of God. And when the time came to be tested, God kept his promise. Because Daniel was fixed on doing it, even if it cost him his head. He was fixed. He was determined to do it. Now, you know, he talks also here about the enemies outside, Moab. Moab is my wash pot. <laughs> Moab, of course, is always unfriendly to Israel. They viewed Israel as a detested rival. And, of course, they were the ones that hired Balaam to curse Israel and uh, caused problems with the children of Israel. But eventually they were defeated. Of course, Balaam was killed in that as well. And, and, you know, and the idea here, he says, when Moab is my wash pot, think of it this way. When men wash their feet after a long journey, and it refreshes them. When he says, Moab is my wash pot, you know, victory over difficulties encourages us or refreshes us to face other difficulties we face in life. 
So the vic- you know, each victory, you know, there's a little song that goes, each victory help us some other to win, or that's maybe that's just a saying, I can't remember, but but uh, you know, so so here was you know this victory when he says Moab is my wash pot, it's it's a, a victory refreshes us or encourages us to, in in our struggles, in our battles, and the difficulties we face in life. Uh, he says Edom, Edom, verse nine, Edom will I cast out my shoe. I'm gonna just trample over it. You know, I'm just gonna throw my shoe on it. Uh, Edom, of course, Edom was a rock fortress, and Edom boasted it could not be taken. It could not be taken. In fact, look at Obadiah chapter, there only is one chapter, verses 3 to 9. Obadiah 3 to 9. Obadiah, just before Jonah. Verse 3, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saineth his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. If thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers come, came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. Shall I not in that day, saith Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Teman, Teman was actually one of the descendants of Esau. If you go back to Genesis chapter 36, it's listed there. Uh, and thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the, to the end that every one of the mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. You see, Esau boasted they could not be taken because they lived in that rock fortress. But David said in his psalm here, Edom, over Edom will I cast out my shoe. I'm going to just throw my sandals on you and triumph over you. Now notice, notice, notice here he says, Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Then he says, Edom will I cast out. You see, we need to, we need to believe that God can give us victories you know, in the present and in the future. He will continue to provide. That's what his promises say. You know, his promises are always present. They're present today. They will be present next year. We need to, we need to fix our heart on his promises. You know, faith gives strong desire or right realization. Uh, again, and, 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 and we see here in this that, that uh, uh, you know, God had made a promise that he was going to give them Edom. They had, didn't have it at this time, but they would. Again, 
Psalm 112, verses... Psalm 112, verses 1 3. Praise you, Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth, that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there riseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely, verse six, notice verse 6, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be, ha- be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. So again, here you see the, the, the man that, that uh, fears the Lord is not afraid of evil tidings. You know, he's not afraid of the impossible. All of us have things in our life we look at many, many times throughout life we look at that they are impossible. We just can't. Can't's a devil's word. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ with strength of me. You know, Mary said, how can this be? She was really saying, that can't be done. And the angel said, nothing's impossible with the Lord. Nothing. See, we have to rest on the promises of, of God. You know, sometimes I get to thinking, and I think too much. If you think about the wrong things, you can get discouraging. You know, our little church. If you stand up, sit up, sit down, and think about it long enough, you can get kind of gloomy about it. You know, Mr. Waite that was here Sunday, he says, you just go out on visitation, don't you? I said, yeah. Well, what do you do to get people in? I said, good luck. I said, we just continue to go. And, uh, you know, they've been, where he goes to church, they've been knocking doors, and, and he said, you know, we're not, not seeing much fruit and you know and all that and and uh, I said well it's kind of the way it is but you keep doing it because the Lord says to do it and we have to just trust the Lord we have to look to Him we have to trust Him obey Him look to Him for the power look to Him for victory look to Him for growth see faith simply rests you know Satan may have a stranglehold on you or on us, but faith simply rests on the promises of God. And God can overcome. You know, it was said of Abraham in Romans 4.21 that he was fully persuaded that what God has said he was able also to perform. And of course that had to do with the birth of Isaac. What seemed impossible. Philippians 1.6 says, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. So God doesn't give us commands that we can't do or that can't be done or that he won't give us the strength to do, provide the means with to do it, and do it. For his glory and honor. 
Notice again verse 7. God has spoken in His holiness. I will rejoice. God has spoken. We rest on what God has spoken. Be fixed on what God has spoken. Believing that He will perform His word. Spurgeon says, quote, speaking of this psalm, O God, my heart is fixed. Though I have many wars to disturb me, many cares to toss me to and fro, yet I am settled in one mind and cannot be driven from it. My heart has taken hold and abides in one resolve. Thy grace has overcome the fickleness of nature, and I am in a resolute and determined frame of mind. And, and that's the third thing I want to mention is, you know, a fixed heart has a spirit of resolve. You know, resolve means you come to a definite, earnest decision to deal, or it means to deal with conclusively. In other words, you're determined. Remember it was said of Jesus that he set his face to Jerusalem? That means that there was nothing going to turn him from going to Jerusalem to be crucified. He knew what was there. But he set his face. In other words, he was fixed. He was resolute. And that's, that's what we need. We need a spirit of resolve, of resolution, a definite, earnest decision. Uh, I read Psalm 16.8 earlier. It says, um, I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Not going to be changed. Not going to be deterred. I shall not be moved. Psalm 119, verses 23 and 24. Psalm 119, 23 and 24. Speaks of this also. It says, Princes also did sit and speak against me. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of voices out there that are speaking against us, not just in the world's environment, but in popular Christianity. There's lots of voices against us. David had those, even within him, the princes who spoke against him, thought that everything he did wasn't the wisest. But he says, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. You know, the proverb says in the multitude of counselors there is safety. We have a multitude of counselors in the word of God that we need to trust in and fix ourselves upon. Uh, verse 52. Also, I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Verse 55, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. Uh, and so we need to have the spirit of resolve. The spirit of resolve. That we have come to a definite decision and we are not turning back. We're not turning back. You know, too often we think we have to make it happen. We have to work it out. And we don't rely on the Lord. We don't seek His wisdom. And we need to seek His will. Notice, notice, it, he, notice if you notice in verses uh, 
12 and 13, he's not talking about resting in the arm of the flesh. Notice verse 11, Wilt not thou, O God, who hast cast off, wilt not now thou, O God, go forth with our host? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. And again, verse chapter 60, he says, again, through God we shall do valiantly. Through God. You know, Psalm 45, verse 5, was the theme of the preacher's conference I went to a couple years ago in Missouri. And verse 5 says this, Through thee will we. And that was their theme. And it says, Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. See, only through thee can we be victorious. We let him work through us. You know, that means we're going to have to fill our minds and our hearts with the promises of God. With the promises of God. And so we have to start with filling our minds and our hearts. You know, it goes back to, again, renewing our minds day by day. You know, when I read in the Bible about what God did for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Rascal he was. But God still did great things for him. That means there's hope for me. And Moses and, and Joshua and Caleb and, and Nehemiah and David and uh, Jonathan, you know, I could go on and on and on and on. And Samson. You know, Samson has some real problems. He has some serious issues. Flesh problems. But look what God did with him in spite of that. And, of course, Daniel. And, you know, when I read all those about all those, it encourages me to, hey, think, and puts in my mind, if God was able to do that for them, he can do it for me. After all, God's no respect of, of persons. So we need to believe that through him, we shall do valiantly. But we need to have our hearts fixed on obeying his word. His heart fixed on the promises of God and not lean to our own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Somebody has said, quote, a definite purpose is the beginning point of all success, unquote. A definite purpose. Our definite purpose needs, we have, need to have our hearts fixed on the Lord. If we have our hearts fixed on the Lord, all the rest of it will take care of itself. It is a heart matter. It's a heart matter. So might God help us to have our hearts fixed on the Lord and sing praises to Him. Have a spirit of believing that God will fulfill His promises and have that spirit of resolve, a decision, an earnest decision 
purpose to do what the Lord has spoken in His Word. That we might see Him glorified in and through us. That the world may see, like the psalmist said in Psalm 126, verse 2, Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. God wants to use us. God wants to do great things for us. And it's through, as we obey Him, so like I was telling the Institute class on Sunday, I was talking about the holiness of God. Where's the holiness of God seen today? Right here. Right here. As we live, in a way that pleases him, God's holiness or reverence is seen. They see a reverence for God. That's where they ought to see it. That's that's really what, that's really, you know, we say duress standards. Sometimes we say that they're for our protection. But you know what they say, what they really say to a world is, we reverence God. We believe God is holy. And so we strive to live holy to please him. So we need to have our hearts fixed that the world also may see and say, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, and we need to rejoice and sing praises to him and allow him to continually work having our hearts fixed upon him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the encouragement and the challenge that it gives to us. And Lord, we pray you'd help us as your people just to set our hearts and our affections upon you. Uh, Trusting in your word, believing your promises, and acting upon your promises. With a spirit of resolve, determined to do what's right. So Lord, just give us strength, give us courage, and give us wisdom as we live in this sin-cursed world tonight. To glorify you and to be a witness and testimony for you. Just thank you again for your promises, we pray in Jesus' name.